Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along with us. Really happy to have this guy back on the show with us as it's been a little bit and got to get an update from Washington, D.C., from the great state of Oklahoma. It is U.S. Senator Mr. James Langford. James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, actually. Thank you. Good, good to be on with you again. Yeah, always good to chat with you. There's a lot of stuff going on, and i got to be honest, it's a bit frustrating. I don't know how many times that uh, or how many years we need to go where we see the same old routine here. You guys are getting ready for budgetary discussions again. The government's supposedly going to shut down by this weekend if we don't resolve some issues. But another continuing resolution. Senator, when are we going to get back to actually passing a federal budget instead of just extending a continuing resolution until December and then doing the same thing with another omnibus bill by December to say, well, let's just see what's in it and throw everything at the wall and then uh, just pass a massive bill. Yep, that has been the challenge we've had for a long time. There are several structural changes that I've actually laid out. One is we right now the fiscal year is from October the 1st until September the 30th, uh, but every year we seem to do all the real budget work in October, November, December. Uh, that's just absurd. Let's just go ahead and move it to the reality of it and do annual budgeting to actually do it at the end of the year. I also have a bill that ends government shutdowns that says we won't get to this moment. It forces the government open, but it also forces us to be able to stay in D.C. until all the appropriations work is done. Uh, This entire year, Chuck Schumer has not brought up one single appropriation bill, even to committee. This has been nothing done on the budget the entire year. He squandered the year doing all kinds of things except what is the constitutional responsibility of actually going through the budget in an open, transparent way. And uh, so it is the frustration that we have if not one of the 12 appropriation bills has even been started and we're in the last days of the fiscal year. Uh, So my frustration is also the, the American people's frustration to say there is a process to be able to run. If the process doesn't work, fix the process, but do the work. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I remember back in the day we used to have the normal process of 12 appropriations bills discussing what should be in the budget, what needs more funding, what needs less funding, how we can actually balance the budget. That hasn't happened since, I believe, what, the Obama administration. And now this just seems to be the new norm. States are not allowed to do that. They have to have a balanced budget by the end of the day. And I think the federal government needs to do the same thing. 100 percent agree. Uh, We've actually brought a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution that failed. Uh, actually, when it came up for a vote. Uh, But that's the way that has to be done is that you've got to actually force the federal government to be able to do the same thing that states do, uh, that they say they've got to get to a balanced budget. They can't just go into incredible debt every year. They've got to be able to do what's right with the uh, American people's money. And we're going to continue to be able to press until we get that. But it's getting enough people elected that share that same perspective. Uh, if uh, If you have too few people that have that perspective, uh, then you end up with the f- that we have right now. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Talk about what's in this bill potentially with this continuing resolution. We've heard the stories about you know some more money being sent to Ukraine for some relief there, both humanitarian and for military. We also have obviously some of the social programs the Biden administration's trying to ram through with student loan forgiveness and other things. But talk about what potentially could be included in this continuing resolution. Yeah, so this this continuing resolution just it literally. Uh, changes the numbers of last year's budget and puts it onto this year. It has a few what they call anomalies, a few changes that are there. One of them you already mentioned was $12 billion that's going to Ukraine. Uh, there's also some additional funding uh, to be able to deal with some of the refugees uh, that are coming in from other areas, uh, trying to deal with some of the Afghans uh, and uh, their movement into the country. It also uh, tries to be able to uh, change a couple of things in national defense and a couple of those programs there. 
Uh, so it's bits and pieces, but otherwise it's normally the same thing as it was last year on it. So again, the frustration is it's not strategic. It's not trying to be able to resolve long-term issues in our budgets. Uh, it's trying to just keep it open and say, well, we'll keep it open, then we'll figure out what we're going to do with it later. Uh, we've had, an, uh, at this point, nine months uh, to be able to get through all this, and they've not even started it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. At the same time, we have the Biden administration talking about how they've cut the deficit so much because during the COVID pandemic, they spent trillions of dollars for this COVID-19 relief stimulus, and then they cut back on that. And now they're saying, well, hey, because we didn't spend money on that, now we have the deficit going down and we're doing so much better on the budget. Senator, is that true, or are we still spending massive amounts of money above what we're seeing with tax receipts coming in? It's still massive amounts of money above, and it, it's the ultimate irony. And when uh, President Biden first mentioned that, that he's cut the deficit, now there's two, two, two names here. Debt is the total amount of money that America owes uh, to other people and to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that's the total debt that we have. And deficit is how much overspending there is in a single year. So what he's doing is he's saying, well, 2021, I did this massive inflation-creating bill of trillions of dollars. And I wanted to do that the next year, but Republicans blocked me from doing that. Remember, they wanted to do a $5 trillion bill this year, uh, and they got blocked by Republicans for doing that. And so now he's saying, okay, since I got blocked, now I'll take credit to say I actually cut the deficit, uh, that uh, I didn't spend as much as I wanted to on it and try to be able to have it both ways on it. He he can't step up and say, I tried to spend $5 trillion and couldn't get it, so now I'm going to actually be celebrated as a person that didn't spend as much. Uh, the, the issue is we're still way overspending our budget, and there's not been a real sit-down, walk-through, what are we going to do to be able to stabilize our budget? What are we going to do to be able to uh, actually balance things out? And how are we going to take care of the future of our country? That's what needs to happen. That's what leadership looks like. Yeah, unbelievable. We're talking with U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Let's talk about the economy for a second. Interest uh, or the inflation continues to rise and skyrocket. We're still sitting right around 9% nationally right now, which is unbelievable. The Federal Reserve says they want to raise interest rates again for the third or fourth time over the last six months. I don't know about you, but I remember the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and get and expecting a different result. Is that what we're seeing here? Because we're still battling near $4 gallons of gas in some parts of the country. We're still dealing with 100, 150% increases in groceries across the nation right now. And their grand idea is just to raise interest rates again to hopefully balance out the supply chains and try and lower inflation. I don't know if this is going to work, and it's getting a bit frustrating, I think, for a lot of workers out there. Well, the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise interest rates so high that people won't borrow money uh, to be able to buy a house, to be able to buy a car, to be able to do anything on their credit cards. They're trying to be able to force people to start buying less. Uh, when they do that, then it pushes the economy into a recession. Then people start losing their jobs because people aren't buying as much products. And so the companies that are manufacturing don't need as much uh, work to be able to get things produced. And that has its own vicious cycle. This all started, the whole inflation piece started in March of last year when Biden pushed through a massive multi-trillion dollar giveaway into the federal, into the American public uh, that employers said to me, now it's hard to be able to hire anyone because we're literally paying people more to stay home than we are to be able to come to work. All this free money went out, which, by the way, Biden has not stopped doing. He's now doing free giveaways for student loans and uh, trying to be able to still pour money into the economy, which makes the inflation worse. Uh, It's a very basic thing. If you put a bunch of money into the economy and there's not enough ability to be able to meet the supply, 
it causes inflation. Everyone said that in advance. Uh, the Democrats and Biden said, no, we're going to do it anyway. And uh, they did. Straight party line vote. And it spiked inflation to where we are. Uh, you mentioned 9%. Actually, inflation from when Biden was uh, uh, sworn into office in January of last year until now is 13.2%. Wow. Uh, that means if you bought $100 worth of groceries in January of last year, that same $100 would only buy $87 worth of groceries now. And we all feel it. Uh, we walk into the grocery store and see $4 for a, a dozen eggs. We all feel what's going on at this point, and we're trying to figure out what's happening on it. This is a Biden-created inflation that's not only affected us, but it's now contagioned around the world, and the entire world is facing. We've got to get energy prices down. Uh, we have to stabilize the economy. Uh, the way that you do that is produce more energy, and he's trying to produce less, and he's trying to use the Federal Reserve to drive up interest rates rather than lowering the price of energy. That's what would bring down inflation. Yeah, you mentioned in uh, the energy market there, we have the hurricane that's hitting uh, Florida right now, and our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody down there. But the response yeah. from the Biden administration was not, oh, hey, let's figure out humanitarian efforts down there. It was, oh, hey, oil companies, don't raise your prices just because you can't drill for oil down in the Florida area there. That was the response, not let's open up drilling other places to compensate for it. Yeah. It's just let's just not raise prices right now, even though you can't drill for oil down in Florida. That's the response from this administration right now. Actually, their, their response is don't raise prices uh, right before the election. Uh, that's really <laughs> what their, their real response is on it. Uh, the, the simple fact is we have a lot of energy in this country. And as the Biden administration continues to make it harder to be able to get that energy or just blocking production entirely for different areas of the country, uh, it reduces supply, which is in, increases the price of this. Uh, it's th- not, not hard. Again, this is basic economics that this administration knows, but they're so obsessed uh, with America having to shift right now uh, to wind, to solar, uh, to electric vehicles, that they are willing to be able to drive the price up on everything else to say, now we're going to make it so expensive to do natural gas and anything with oil or anything with coal will make it so expensive. You'll have to go to the other uh, types of energy developments. Listen, I'm, I'm a true all the above. Oklahoma has lots of wind power, lots of solar, hydroelectric, geothermal, Let's use it all, uh, but let's use it all clean and efficiently, but don't punish Americans in this process and continue to be able to drive up the prices to be able to accomplish your policy goals. Uh, allow the American people to actually have lower prices. Amen to that. We got uh, a lot. Of, uh, we have a large fight ahead of us because we have a lot of socialists on the other side that are just pushing these social programs nonstop. You guys passed the Inflation Reduction Act just a few months ago that I'm here to say is not reducing inflation by any means <laughs> at all. Uh, but now we have Bernie Sanders out there saying that it didn't go far enough. We're trying to do the student loan forgiveness program, which is now thankfully being uh, challenged in court. We'll see how that one goes. But talk about some of the challenges you guys have ahead of you because of these programs, they want to push the envelope further with these expansions of centralized power, social programs, and massive government spending that the, the system's just not sustainable for. Yeah, there, there is a right role for government. I'm not anti-government. Most people that I meet are not anti-government. They believe there's a right role for government, yeah. national defense, uh, security of our border, uh, trying to be able to deal with uh, fair balances in, in business, all those things. There's a, there's a right role for government. And then there's a wrong role for government, where government just actually is involved in every area of our life, and it actually moves based on the preferences uh, of the White House rather than of the preferences of the American people. We are a nation of laws, not of men. And so the 
basic truth of this is if we're going to make a change in something, we've got to actually change a law to be able to do it. They're trying to impose their will, whether it be on abortion issues, on whatever it may be. They're trying to focus in on those areas and uh, on preferences of an individual rather than actually working through the law. And we see it quite a bit uh, in how they're actually trying to be able to run the economy right now. Uh, all this push right now with the student loan, as you mentioned before, it's recently been scored about half a trillion dollars in giveaway of these student loan forgiveness programs. Didn't go through Congress. Uh, was no vote in Congress on that. Just the president just invented it and said, I'm going to give away half a trillion dollars uh, 10 weeks before the election. Miraculously, he found some way to be able to do that. Well, that's not legal. The president doesn't have the authority to just create half a trillion dollars in new federal debt. That has to work its way through Congress on it. He ignored that. Uh, there will be a litigation on this, rightfully so, as you've mentioned, uh, recent court cases that have been filed on this and should be. Uh, so our focus is you can't just give money away and think it doesn't have consequences. It does have consequences. It has causes inflation and it affects everyone in this economy. So let, let's get back to the basic rule of law. That's what it's all about. And I am hoping that it gets shut down, especially after the Supreme Court ruling back in June that uh, did the same thing with the Environmental Protection Agency, saying that they didn't have that authority just to massively spend out of nowhere without congressional approval as well. we got a couple minutes left here with U.S. Senator James Langford out of uh, the state of Oklahoma. Let's talk about your bill. It was officially just released yesterday as you guys are talking about some of the issues with the cartels, the illegal crossings down at the southern border that they're not doing anything about, including the czar of immigration, the vice president, Kamala Harris, that still hasn't gone down to the border. But you guys uh, uh, proposed a bill regarding social media and how social media is involved with the illegal immigration issue and actually promoting individuals to come across the border illegally. Talk about the bill and talk about what's going on here. Yeah, I actually met with some of the heads of social media companies uh, for YouTube, Facebook, for Twitter, for TikTok uh, just a few weeks ago as well and sat down, actually pulled up some of the things on their site where their site actually gives instructions of how to illegally cross the border Uh, in their terms of service. Uh, they'll tell you we don't allow illegal activity on our platform. But in reality, there's a little exception there, except if you're illegally crossing the border and then they have no problem with it. Uh, wow. In fact, uh, there's a nickname for TikTok in Mexico where they call it cartel talk uh, because the cartels use it so much to be able to recruit other members of the cartels. There's YouTube videos that are out there that give explicit instructions on how to avoid the border patrol, which highways to use where the Border Patrol typically sets up and how to be able to get around them. Those videos have been out there for months to years. Uh, they just allow them to be able to be out there. Facebook is heavily used uh, by smugglers, even buying ads uh, on Facebook to be able, uh, in Central America uh, so that they can actually, smugglers can actually promote themselves and to be able to work through with the cartels. Uh, so all these issues are very, very serious with these platforms are, are not even following their own terms of service. Uh, where they're being used and they're being willfully used to be able to promote illegal immigration into our country. So this is a partnership that's really happened with these social media companies where they're partnering with this administration uh, to be able to push more people illegally across our border. We're working to confront that and to be able to shut that down. So we've got to be able to enforce the law on our own borders, and we've got to be able to address this with social media companies that are actually promoting illegal activity in our country. 
Wow. Got to be honest, I did not know that that was even happening. You can't buy political ads on Facebook because it might be controversial. We've been banned so many times off of YouTube for quote-unquote misinformation uh, regarding different issues, including the COVID-19 pandemic and other stuff for the program. But yet you can buy ads to recruit individuals to cross the border illegally that the cartels are using. That's insanity. I had no clue that was going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a frustrating thing, and it's one of the things I'm trying to be able to expose and to be able to say, here's the most basic principle. If you're going to say you don't allow illegal activity on your page, then don't allow illegal activity on your page. But they can't just pick and choose. Right now, they're literally editing content to be able to create this environment that they say is this safe environment for folks. But what they're really creating is a facilitation of people illegally crossing our border. That's very scary. And now we're seeing more individuals come up, coming up across our border than we've ever seen before, even since during the Obama administration. Is there any work? And last question on this issue is, uh, I mean, states, are states able to activate their own uh, state National Guard or do something to try and close their borders at their level? Because obviously the federal government, the Biden administration's not wanting to do anything. And with the help of social media, we're just seeing caravan after caravan after caravan of individuals coming up. I mean, what can be done about this? Well, first thing that has to be done, uh, immigration is a federal issue, so the federal government should actually follow the law. Yeah. I, that, to me, this is just not complicated. Follow the law, and uh, everything works a lot different on this. We did not see immigration like this during the Trump administration because they actually implemented the law and enforced our borders. It's not anti-immigration. I'm all for people legally coming into our country and going through the legal visa process. I have no issue with that. I just have a problem with anything that begins with the word illegal. Yep. Uh, so the first things first, follow the law, actually. They can enforce the law and they can make a change. Yes, states can actually call up their National Guard, uh, but actually arresting someone for illegally crossing the border is a federal crime, not a state crime, uh, because they're violating the laws of the United States. And uh, so we've got to be able to have federal authorities that actually do that. Right now we have federal law enforcement, like Customs Border Protection, Border Patrol, incredibly frustrated because they're being treated like hotel check-in staff by this administration rather than federal law enforcement. They just want to do what they signed up to do, and that's to be able to help protect the country. Uh, there are specific ways to be able to do this. We've talked about the Remain in Mexico, ending the catch and release, which this administration could do right now, but it chooses not to. And if you want a really painful stat, is you're crossing the border right now illegally, and, and they're most likely... 4,500 to 6,000 people today that will illegally cross our border. Those individuals will be asked, where do you want to go for your asylum hearing? You then go anywhere in the country. Uh, if they pick someplace, let's say Jacksonville, Florida, right in the middle of the hurricane at this point, if they pick there, uh, it would be 12 years before they got their asylum hearing. So they'd be given a work permit to be able to stay in the country for 12 years. And they'd say 12 years from now, check in and we will do your asylum hearing. We have no belief they're going to show up 12 years from now for that actual hearing. But in the meantime, they're given this long-term work permit because they illegally crossed our border. So what I'm saying is the administration literally uh, encouraged people to be able to cross the border illegally by handing out work permits to people. You should be able to do a legal visa, not illegally be rewarded. Yeah, and I wonder how many of those are openly choosing to go to Martha's Vineyard.
Ah, uh, see, see, there we go. Uh, not enough. We need more. <laughs> not enough for choosing to go there. It's a beautiful place. If they're illegally present in the country, I highly encourage Martha's Vineyard. It's beautiful. That's right. Beautiful area. Definitely get some good stuff there. It's uh, U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Last question before we let you go, and I appreciate the time, but uh, I know that uh, you don't this year, but how are the elections looking in the state of Oklahoma? I know that we've talked to the governor down there, Governor Kevin Stitt. We've talked to some of the uh, Congressman Frank Lucas as well, but uh, how are things looking for the state of Oklahoma? Well, I just encourage people to vote. Uh, there's lots of polling going on, lots of different directions on it. Uh, at this point, uh, my greatest encouragement to people is show up and vote. Uh, there's lots of folks that I've talked to say I'm so frustrated. I don't know if my vote's going to count. I don't know all the things. Show up and vote. That's how it actually happens. And uh, for folks that feel like, okay, is this ever going to turn around? I point to the state of Virginia last year and say the people of Virginia showed up to actually vote. Uh, they flipped their House of Delegates. Uh, they flip their lieutenant governor, their uh, their uh, their governor's race, their attorney general's race, because people actually showed up and vote. So the key thing that we have right now is we are less than six weeks before the November the 8th election. Pick your candidates, show up, vote. That's the key. That's the key. Show up and vote. How nice would it be to actually have a Republican majority in the U.S. Senate to actually get some stuff done with a wow. house with a house as well run by Republicans? We might actually see some progress being done in D.C. That would be terrific, on it. honestly. If we win the House, it blocks all of this overspending that happens uh, because all spending constitutionally has to begin in the House. Yep. We win the Senate, block some of these crazy nominees uh, that uh, Biden is putting into office, and we put a check on this White House. We'll still have Biden there for two more years, uh, but we have a check on the White House, and they can't push through all these crazy policies, and they have to negotiate. Right now, they're literally ignoring half the American people saying, you don't count. Uh, this would force them to actually sit down and negotiate both sides of the aisle and to be able to resolve the issues. Uh, so, yes, that'd be very helpful, I think, for the country. And I'd be very grateful to see a stop in some of these crazy policies. I love it. Let's make that happen. It's U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Senator, I appreciate the time. As always, we didn't get to some of the other stuff, some of the investigations, the January 6th, uh, along with the investigation on the FBI raids. But I want to talk to talk to you about that later on. Keep up the fight, my friend in Washington, D.C. We look forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Look forward to it.